got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Hey, sports fans, welcome to Sports Nerds. Here are your hosts, Dr. Samuel J. and Dr. Brian Schrader. Record a show. Happy, what day is this? Is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday. So it's, but it's basically, did you, when did you get back from Chicago? From the debate tournament on Sunday? Sunday night. Sunday night, oh, straight so. straight to bowling. Dropped the debaters off at campus and... Damn. You are committed to bowling. Dropped a 179 in my practice game after, but not that's, during. That's okay. That's, that's, that's strong good. work. That's strong work. I think uh, maybe it, instead of talking about sports, I'll just talk about the... Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've drastically revamped my bowling swing. Let's hear about it. Yeah. What are you doing? What's what's the approach? Are we I, was just, just... I was just talking shit. <laughs> I moved a couple boards to the right. No, I have yeah. a feeling that you your your ball you don't hold your ball uh, uh, correctly or you think so? le- legally. Are you the kind of guy that has you just use two fingers? No, I'm a three finger. I'm, I'm okay. A, then you're good. Then you're my, good. My my bowling swing is very old school looking. It's like very nine. <laughs> no 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 two fingers. No two hands. No zero fingers. No, I I throw it right. Are you a straight bowler or are you got a no. curve? Big old hook. Big hook. Okay. Damn. I miss bowling. It's great. Get a bowling league. You should move back to Denver, Brian, and then we'll do it here. You can move out here. I just saw a kids league at the place that I bowl for like six bucks a week. I might drop my kids in some bowling. Dude, that's great, actually. My kids like the bull, too. Um, So we should talk about sports this week. Do we have, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of like announcements to make. Uh, I, I'm March Madness? I was going to say that. Yeah. So... Be prepared in the next three weeks, people, for our March Madness pool. We've gone free for the last few years, but we're no longer on radio, so we're going to charge this year. We're going to have a big old, big old pool of money. Um, but what's the what's, key, Brian? What's, what's the split? Winners get fifty percent. Sports nerds get fifty percent. No, it's yeah, up. that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. But you remember, you were was it last year or two years ago when we were doing fantasy football? People couldn't put fantasy football in their PayPal. Uh, payment to you oh yeah if you do it in paypal you you their terms it violates their terms of service so you have to write like happy birthday or here's the money i owe you from you know the the restaurant the other day you just put antonio brown yeah or you could just use venmo or something that is true we'll figure it out yeah we'll figure it out i'm thinking i don't know i want to go ten dollars let's make this thing big last year we had like 75 people so we do 75 at ten dollars that's a good it's a good pocket of dough. Yeah. Right? That drives, that drives people that's, in there. That's scary. There are certain platforms out there where we could do well, this. Well, we had 75 people or 75 entries? 75 entries. Sorry. Still, though. Still. It's good. We're growing. We're up yeah. to like, uh, we we average 300 listeners for every show now. And that's just, that's new shows, too. That's not, that's not like... People are, they're going back, obviously, into the, into the catalog, our a deep catalog. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to put it behind a paywall, like a, we like, are. A, like a real podcast. No, I think we'll, we'll put our, our initial conversations behind a paywall. So you could, you know, hear us talking about our kids and about our beer drinking habits. <laughs> and then I'm sure that's all people <laughs> really want to consume. Uh, so yeah, there's the Mars Madness thing. I got to plug Jay and I's podcast. It's kind of blown up. You and I had just talked about it. If you like beer, um, 
check out Unfiltered. It's a podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You'll see a Tivoli pint glass and a microphone. And uh, it's, it's a show that I co-host with Brian's brother, Jay. And if um, I may say so, how that name wasn't taken for well, a, beer a podcast. I know. Oh, it is? It is taken already? No, no, not as a beer podcast. I just like a so good. Another. Yeah, I know. I know. I thought so too. I because think it's like, like it describes both beer, which is often unfiltered, but also your approach and your no-nonsense talking about beer, right? It's a double entendre. I lost yeah, it. That's just true. No, no. I mean, so Wait, process did that. I just explain your name to you and you were like, it does mean two things. No, no, I did. You thought it was just the beer? No, I was trying to think who came up with the idea. And I think it was my father, actually. Mike J. Mike J. Not just a pretty track voice. No, no. He's, where was he this weekend? The Big Tens? Big Ten Indoors? There's some big, some big, there's some fast people out there these days. Oh, let's talk about that. Not track, but the Big Ten. I wanted to ask you. Oh, are we? But I think. I I, I thought I might get away with this one. Dude, this happens every year. The Big Ten just beats the shit out of the Big Ten. Yeah. And everybody is so beat up by the time the tournament comes. I know Michigan has made their runs the last, what, two out of the last five years. But beyond those, man, the Big Ten does not show up. It's just there's nobody you can really beat up on, I guess. It's a, like, it's a, it's a tough conference. What, they got six teams in the top 25? I mean, it may have, well, Maryland might have fallen out. But look who's – yeah, but look who the teams are at the bottom and who they've beat. Illinois beat Michigan State. Right, yeah. Nebraska was Rutgers. Good. Rutgers almost beat Michigan State earlier yeah. this week. Almost beat Iowa. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, it's crazy. Um, no, it's not. I know, and I, I guess don't know, man. it's too bad. It's really too bad. What do you think about the Jim Beheim? I will say this: Michigan has lost three or four basketball games this year, and and it's it's it, they're a carbon copy of one another, and it's Iowa's fault, I think, because a lot of teams ever since Iowa have played this, you know, full court press and then big zone defense and it, it just messes with with what is not a really great offensive team in the first place yeah that's a good and point. and and michigan just like last year i mean I made it to the finals last year good basketball team but they they if they get pressure at all they don't they don't pass the ball around and get any good looks and they end up just chucking up nonsense and the the blueprint for them to win win basketball games is to keep the other team under 70 mm-hmm. and not make their offense have to do much but like lost to michigan state gave up 76 like I, I say with pretty much total confidence that if they give up, you know, more than seventy points, if they give up more than seventy-five, they're they're losing every single game because their offense just isn't designed that way. It's frust- so it's frustrating. I don't know from a from a Michigan fans' perspective, it's frustrating. Um, the defense is freaking good, though. You carbon copy uh, that to our football team. So, is this Gonzaga's year? Are they the most well-rounded team now that Zion is may or may not play again for Duke? It, breaking news. Is that right? It, it, no, it's oh, just it's just he's not. We could talk about the shoe for sure. We could talk about the shoe. I wanted. To I heard a lot of Bayheim. people saying he wasn't going to come back, like or saying he shouldn't come back. Is that is that a legitimate conversation now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's not playing this week. I don't think he's hurt. I don't really don't think he's that hurt. I think he's fine. I think they got a scare and he got a scare, and they're kind of sitting him out um, from games. I don't know. What do you think? Would in the, Michigan State jumps to six? Ooh. What are your thoughts on on Zion? Um, what would you do? Boy, he's, he's he is he is so athletic. He really is. Should should he play? For, I don't know. I mean, I, a lot of the difference with these with these players that are one and done, or you know, who sit out or whatever, they're not on contender teams. I mean, Duke's still the number three team in the country, and and I, I refuse to believe that that any of these players 
are only interested in getting to the NBA and making money. This will parallel if we're going to talk about Manny Machado later. Like, you got to, all these kids love basketball. Zion loves basketball. The idea of winning this tournament or going deep in this tournament with a three ranked Duke team, like, you only get one shot to do that in your life, man. I know. I know. You know, like, I understand that, that, that the system structurally is wildly unfair to these athletes. And I, I totally am sympathetic to the argument that he has nothing to gain and everything to lose. And that, the you know, blowing out that shoe last week, I saw that. I was watching that game live. I was so excited for that game. He blew out his shoe and they took him off. And I was like, well, there's no reason to watch this anymore. He's not mm-hmm. going to come back in this game. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Like, how many people have played on a national championship team? Uh, and, and, and if he comes back, I mean, maybe Duke a favorite at that point. Yeah, you would, you would sure think, think so. I'm uh, more excited for this tournament than I have been in so, in so long. The, the, there seems to be more, we use this term way too much. I don't think parody is the right word, but I think there's a lot of good teams and a lot of interesting matchups. That's just it. I don't think you're right. There's parody, but the parody is actually amongst quality teams. Oftentimes yeah. the parody is amongst shitty teams. But no, I think that you're right. There's a, there are a lot of good teams who could, who could make a run at this thing. Huh. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. What do you think about Tennessee? Now we're having really just hot, hot sport, <laughs> sports ball talk. I can't figure out Tennessee. They had a bad loss this week, no? Uh, who did they lose they to? I like Rick Barnes. I always thought he was a great coach. I don't know. I, Texas should have never fired him. He was he – was, Did they just lose? Oh, they lost to LSU on Saturday. So I was right. That's not a crazy loss, though. No. They lost a 13, 13 seed by two points. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um. What else was I going to ask you? Well, they lost to Kentucky the week before that on Saturday. Yeah, they had a rough go That's, of it, but uh, but still a good basketball team. <sighs> Comments on uh, Bayheim? Were you shocked that he coached after? The accident. I feel bad for Jim Bayham. I a, do too. That's a, that's a terrible, terrible story. Yeah, it's not like he. He. I think it's funny how how the news cycle works because I think when that news first broke, people assumed that he had been drinking after yeah. the game, and it well, it wasn't right. It was just a it was a crazy ass accident. So it was yeah, really bad so, weather and yeah. yeah. Well, and the dude's walking in the middle of the street. Yeah. So I was at a, a debate tournament this weekend um in chicago so lots of people from all over the country friends of friends that i know from debate and that sort of thing and and it became a topic of conversation for a moment and there were a handful of people that were like oh yeah that's crazy he was drunk and he hit that guy and i was like where'd you hear that that's not true they're like no no that's what i heard and i was like he pulled over called the cops and they gave him a breathalyzer on the scene that was being reported that night yeah i don't i don't think i don't think he was drinking unless you've heard something i haven't and then they were like no no it was just kind of like you said the rumor mill went on overdrive instantly yeah. about this, that the assumption was that he was doing something unsavory. I don't know. It's on the back of the, the Robert Kraft thing. So maybe we're kind of conditioned to assume that if something newsworthy happens to a high profile person, it's probably them doing something shitty. I watched, um, I, but did you watch the game? You there? That's hard. No, I didn't. He was just, it was crazy, man. I watched, I watched all of it and he was, he came out, he was crying. Like when he first, everybody gave him a standing ovation. He's just like, tears dude and even throughout the game you could tell um god there was that was on his mind what did he say at the, in his press conference at the end like he'll never it's something he'll never ever forget like, yeah i mean be honest i guess yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't i mean i think everybody goes through life opening you don't have that one thing that just casts a pall over your existence and that's maybe it's not quite that level but it's pretty damn close mm-hmm. to like everything you do then is kind of filtered through that thing yeah particularly when you know, he didn't, it doesn't sound like he did yeah. anything wrong. It's in fact, he was moving his, his version of events is he's changing into the left lane because he sees the car that's broken down. So he's doing the right thing, the right thing. Yeah. in that, in that moment. But 
you know he'll unfortunately have to replay that shit in his head Did every you, day and be like maybe i should have seen him or maybe i was looking at the accident or maybe i was looking for cars or but on the highway dude's walking in the middle of the road i mean you have no chance so i feel terrible for and and obviously for the guy who got hit by a car i mean that's devastating as well nothing good did you ever listen to either it was either this american life or um radio lab and it was just the entire episode was an interview with a truck driver i believe who killed uh all but one person in this family like oh. while while driving uh, obviously while driving duh but um it's all about the fact how do you stay alive afterwards no 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 but it's it, it was it's it was a different approach to a catastrophe like that because it was about the fact we don't think about what the people who do the act go through the rest of their life like the emotional baggage that you carry you're the rest of your life for doing that especially when it was an accident right yeah like drunk drivers even like you 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 wear that burden forever and it can literally like suck the life out of you like this tough driver truck driver ended up killing himself like 10 years later yeah here's a sports example uh i think it was bodie miller oh yes yeah who he's got a bunch of kids i think he's got five or six kids and one of his kids uh fell in their pool in the backyard and drowned and instantly it was you know oh you're a terrible parent type of stuff on facebook why weren't you watching your kids this that and the other thing and it sounds like it wasn't negligence. It was just freak sort of accident split second kid walked outside, falls in the pool. I I, I don't remember the details perfectly. So don't, don't quote me on them, Mm -hmm. but it was the exact same thing where it's one of those, you know, nothing in your life will ever be the same. And how do you, how do you kind of um, own that stuff? And in, 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 in that case, as with the Bayheim case, you got all these, you know, kind of uh, armchair detectives and, and, and people getting on their soapboxes and moralizing on the internet, who know, nothing about it and jumping to conclusions and contributing to that, uh, you know, kind of rabid pace of the, of the, um, of the, of the rumor mill. And I mean, why in the fuck would you want to pile on something like what Bodie Miller went through or what Jim Bayheim went through? You know what I mean? Like it's already the worst freaking thing ever. You're already going to blame yourself, even though it wasn't, you know, wasn't your fault. Uh, I don't know. Not very sports nerdy, but but that's what you can do when you get a post this kind of stuff uh, yeah. to to social media to Twitter. I mean, mostly it's just Twitter, right? I mean, I think that's we say social media, but what I've realized, like, especially with news and sports, yeah. it's mostly just Twitter. And you can say this stuff, and there are no repercussions. Like you can literally not get criticized for unjustified criticism of somebody else. It's really yeah. messed up, man. As we talked about last episode, yeah, yeah. I I don't know, man. It's like um. I don't even know. I, th- I thought I had something to say. I don't think I do. <laughs> so let's talk Robert Kraft. Uh, thoughts on Robert Kraft, right? I think you can make fun of him on Twitter. That's yeah, fine. for sure. I don't know what to say about this. It's just kind of. All right. I have, I have, I have a hot take. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Please. please. Uh, prostitution should be legal and regulated. I think that that's, um, a valid point there. I see that's an yeah. argument that absolutely you put women uh, and men for that matter uh, and people uh, on every part of the spectrum uh, when it comes to gender and sexuality uh, in a lot of, in a lot of scary situations when you don't regulate this kind of uh, activity. And I think yeah. that's, that's yeah. one of the arguments for it is make it legal and regulate it. So that way people stop getting killed and thrown into dumpsters. 
Yep, I'm, all of that is true. And I mean, like, there's definitely problems with unregulated uh, illegal prostitution because you don't know if there's sex trafficking involved. You don't know if there's, you know, kind of consent. You don't know if it's built on a system of coercion whereby, um, you know, the sex workers are, are you know, in some cases, it's actually re- relatively common for people to be addicted to drugs and that sort of stuff um, uh, and, and kind of backed into a corner for lack of a better term. So, I, I mean, the, it, there's definitely problems with, with prostitution and I'm not trying to give craft a free pass by saying it should be legal. Um, it's illegal and you broke the law, so you should probably get in trouble. But the, the, the problem with it is, um, particularly in America, right, where you've got these weird little enclaves in Vegas and stuff where it is legal and you've got, you know, kind of faux prostitution legal in different ways and escort services and, and strip clubs and that sort of stuff that it never, this stuff never, ever gets treated real seriously. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Robert Kraft going to, you know, a, a, what, what I assume is a, a high end uh, prostitution place where, where big money is being exchanged. What was the guy Spitzer in New York? And the big New York madam and, 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 you know, they had these super expensive prostitutes mm-hmm. as well. Like it, 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 we see it in this kind of like weird sanitized uh, elitist aristocratic sort of context. And it's really easy just to make jokes, right? Like as soon as he got arrested, Twitter, and I even got some of these texted to me, you know, like silly tuck and rub jo- mm-hmm. jokes and, you know, yeah, sports metaphor jokes because it's Robert, because it's Robert Kraft. Like there's, serious actual meaningful conversations that need to be had about about uh, prostitution but instead what you get is you know a media blitz because you know it's not really about what he did so much as about mm-hmm. who he is uh, accompanied with a not serious take about a, a serious kind of um social issue so i don't know it's a real weird confluence of a of a bunch of different of a bunch of different things at this at the same time but uh deep down in a non-sports way there's sort of a um very puritanical foundation to the idea of criminalizing sex work that um, I think socially a lot of people are over, but it's one of those things that's kind of a vestige of a different time that we're less willing to let go of politically, or maybe it's politically unpopular to let go of those things. But it, it does, it does, you know, in some ways shine a light on a meaningful topic for conversation, but like even I, even I made a joke about it already. It's okay to make fun of Robert Kraft. Well, it's probably not because, you know, deep down what, what we're doing is not having a, an actual real conversation about, like I said, what I think is a topic worthy of serious mm-hmm. consideration. Mm-hmm. Not us, you and I, yeah. but people. No, world. I mean, I think this ties into a lot of the conversations I was having this weekend with, with the brewers in um, Seattle, because we were talking about regulation against the industry in Seattle versus Colorado. And it's just different. Um, we are so grounded in puritanical worldviews or a puritanical worldview, even if we are not religious, like those, those kinds of values and beliefs are just intertwined in how we deal with uh, vice in this country, right? Drinking, or in this case, sex. And I think you can kind of recognize it to be a social construction as opposed to a, a given truth or way of being, because when you go to Europe, it's completely different right? On, on both fronts, right? How sex is dealt with, how drinking is dealt with, the expectation that you understand how to drink right in Europe or even in Germany. I mean, Germans do not suffer from alcoholism at the levels that Americans do. Right. It's because like, it's, it's, it's not an escape. It's, it's, it's like a, I don't want to say it's a way of life, but it's, 
it's an accepted part of your reality as an adult to drink beer, right? In social settings and all of this and to behave yourself. And I think, you know, it's, it's different here for age restrictions, all of this. I think we could apply almost the same kind of critical lens to sex, especially in this particular situation and right. The Twitter, the Twitter uh, craze that it has engendered now for the last four days, which are people just, you know, piling onto craft, which is fine. He's a guy that I would love to pile onto too. But I mean, uh, uh, prostitution is the salacious part of it, right? Oh, he paid for sex. And so that's terrible. We better, you know, persecute him for it. So anyhow. You know what it reminded me of though, just as mm-hmm. a quick aside, as I, 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 I did a little speculating, you know, with, with, it's like I said, I was with friends in Chicago this weekend. Do you think he gets suspended for this? Is this a, a conduct policy thing? And I'm, I'm asking for two reasons. One is I'm remembering <laughs> Jimmy Irsay from a couple of years ago. When the the owner of the Colts who got pulled over with like a bunch of cash and yeah. coke in his car, and sort of got suspended for a year, but he was in treatment the entire yeah. time anyways, and the, the suspension didn't really mean anything, right? It's not like they, if you're if you're a player and you get suspended under the personal conduct policy, you don't get paid. If you're the owner and you get suspended, what happens? You just don't get to go to the games. Ooh, I don't know. That's not a real suspension. Yeah, I'm not sure. And then you can and, and then you compare that with you know like. Maybe Josh Gordon comes to mind, a guy who, from 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 a, a, a serious health perspective, it sounds like has struggled mm-hmm. with addiction, and that guy has had his career demolished by it, right? By his by his own kind of personal demons, and has you know been been suspended for 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 seasons at a time, has lost tens of millions of dollars, if not more than that. Is 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 it fair if Kraft gets a faux one year suspension that doesn't include losing any money? And you have you have other players. You have you know, Von Miller, man, was was on that path in the NFL of potentially losing his career yeah. over some pot. Yeah, you know, if I, I, I've already said that, I think I, I I'll say my personal belief is that both of those things should be legal and regulated, but certainly pot, no, right? I agree. Yeah, no. It, if 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 Kraft gets nothing on this, not, or or a fake a fake a fake. Uh, punishment, a fake consequence that has no teeth whatsoever. It's just a PR consequence. I think it exposes some serious hypocrisy at the level of um, at the at the, at the at the in terms of the NFL and how they do their punishments and their suspensions. And this ties back to exactly what you're talking about, right? I wrote I wrote a, a, a paper about this in grad school that I need to go back and actually publish. That um, the disciplinary tactics that are used by the NFL to punish players have that same moralizing tone as do the old puritanical laws about, you know, uh, that govern sex and drinking and vice and all of those and all of those sorts of things. Is the NFL really concerned uh, about, uh, you know, its own image or is it more concerned with making sure it's tearing, taking care of people that it perceives uh, as not mm-hmm. being able to mm-hmm. take care of themselves? Like I'm punishing you because it's good for you, X player who has a problem with pot, but they would never deign to do that yeah. to Robert Kraft. Right, who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars? I think he's worth maybe billions very, of dollars. In fact, it's very paternalistic. Right? Yeah. Well, and, and when that gets racialized, it becomes yeah, even more yeah. problematic. Right. Uh, good point here. What Rob say? You could, I guess, yeah. The punishment, like, what if it was draft picks? <laughs> that would be. That's a serious punishment, right? If if the NFL is serious about it. it did Irsay lose draft picks? Uh, whew, I don't know. Or did the Colts, did the Colts lose draft? draft picks? I'm, I'm not sure. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I'll look it up and come back to it because we're already. Well, and then it, something, man. Get, well, and then, and then it's do you punish the yep. team or do you punish yep. Kraft and or how do you punish Kraft? Yep. Whoa, whoa. 
Nolan Arenado just signed a contract. Holy shit! Oh, you didn't you didn't That's see that? Two fifty five for eight years. Good lord! That's pretty low compared to Machado's deal. No way. It's two fifty two fifty five for eight, but he can he can leave after three. He can opt out after three. Full no trade clause. Yeah, that's great for the Rockies. Rockies never make a move like this. I assume they were let him Good go. Good for them. Well, it's a... This was the rumor a week ago that when the much or whenever the Machado deal happened, that after that happened, the Rockies were going to have to put up or shut up on him, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, and and it kind of looks like the Rockies got a hometown discount. I suspect that dude could have gotten more money. So wait, what are his what are his numbers compared to Machado's? They Machado's, both play middle infield. Machado was well, third. Third ten middle infield for three hundred, so that's thirty uh, million. Three ten now. Three, yeah, thirty so thirty one million a year. Times two fifty five divided by. No, he got more. Yeah, or more per year. More. Okay, we. How much? What um, is it per year? Um, isn't this terrible? <laughs> oh, this is the part oh of my sports God. nerds where we do math. Two sixty divided by eight. What is that? What is it? Is it 255 or 260? Um, 31.875. Oh, so it's a so, little tiny bit more yeah. on, a, on a smaller yep. contract. Good for him. Fantastic. Wow. But in but in guaranteed contracts, yes. The size of the contract probably matters more than the Arenado's not going to sign another big deal for eight years from now. I think the logic is if it's your last contract, if you're signing your last contract, the size of the deal matters more than the years in the deal. All right. So congrats to Arnado. That's fantastic. Good to see him staying in town. Before we go, though, because we're running out of time, Brian, we've got about 10 minutes left. I want to get your take on uh, the Gary Dolphin situation to University of Iowa. Uh, I would think that most folks understand or know a little bit more about what has happened, but... Basically, last week during a game against Maryland, Gary Dolphin, who's the announcer for the University of Iowa basketball team, called uh, one of the Maryland players King Kong. And days later was then um, uh, suspended for the remainder of the season. I don't know if he's going to get fired or what's going on. Uh, You and I both listened to the audio. Uh, You and I both put everything into context. It is a very sticky situation. Obviously, I'll give my perspective real quick, and then I want to hear from you. And uh, I think whether or not Dolphin I, – I don't think that when you listen to it, Gary Dolphin intended that to be a racist comment. But the idea of a black man right, being King Kong has been a historic issue for a long, 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 long time. Right? Long time. So – uh, right. Comparisons between, you know, black masculinity and and primates is obviously something if you go back into scientific research from the 1800s, 1900s, um, you know, there's a connection there. So whether or not I, I, I don't think I don't know what what my stance is on whether or not he should be suspended and all of that. But I guess what I wanted to do is put some context to this story, which is the fact that that trope has a history to it that is very negative. And I think we're seeing that play out whether or not his intent was bad. I don't think it was any ill will in the intent, quite honestly. Right. It wasn't, but there's something, there's an added element to that that needs to be discussed. So the ball is in your court, no pun intended. 
Yeah, yeah. Everything you said is totally correct. It's it, historically, it's a, a kind of a, a racist trope about um, you know African Americans, uh, you know, black people, um, and it's it's one that it's one that's still pretty common today. It's uh, in 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 terrible ways, right? Particularly in uh, soccer in Europe. Um, you know, one of the yeah. kind of really racist ways that players get taunted is uh, fans will throw, you know, monkeys on the field, which is, you know, an implicit kind of nod uh, towards towards that towards that same trope. Um, I'd add one other layer to this, which is um, a, a kind of tool of people that are uh, uh, widely thought to be racist is to use terms um, uh, in kind of ambiguous ways and then claim, Oh, I didn't mean to say that racist thing, yeah. or I didn't intend to say that, that racist thing. So ambiguity is often used as kind of, um, a, a tool through, by which you can, uh, be overtly racist and in a way yeah. that will be picked up by other, uh, similar or like-minded people. Um, and then you can, you know, in a PR way, be like, but that's not what I meant, what I meant to do. And, uh, mm-hmm. you texted me as soon as this, this story broke. And my reaction is, you know, I did actually did I actually did not see the listen to the audio, but I read I read the transcript, mm-hmm. and I said this is hard for me because he's saying something complimentary, right? He's yeah. describing someone's good play, um, so it doesn't seem to me to have any malicious intent, right? He wasn't you know describing the guy as uh, being. Uh, he, he, he in 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 my read of it, I don't think he was suggesting overly aggressive or too aggressive or anything like that. I think he was saying he was playing really well. Um, mm-hmm. But but I immediately then texted back my follow up. My next comment was, you know, but when it, when it, when it's this ambiguous, you know, there's there's not there's not much that you can there's not much that you can do there. So um, yeah, it's tough. It's one of these things that that is uh, um, likely to get a lot of uptake for for exactly the reasons we just talked about it because a lot of people are going to say look look, let's be very literal about this he wasn't saying anything racist and then you're going to have a bunch of people who are saying yeah but if you've got any knowledge about kind of how to use an interpretive lens you can see that it's it's certainly problematic the language um that that got used there but it's 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 hard to uh, it's not it's not black and white it's hard to to draw a line at at what you can say and what you can't say and i know a lot of people um uh, who kind of tend to push back against what they see as the over PCification of, of language and culture will definitely mm-hmm. see this as, um, you know, kind of threatening to them. Um, mm-hmm. and I can both a, a tiny bit understand that, but would also say, you know, in, in there, there's, there's a, there's a principle in scientific research called the precautionary principle, which says if you're going to do some crazy research and you have no idea if you could potentially do something like, you know, uh, invert gravity or, you know, crack open a wormhole or something that you should be really careful when you're doing it. Those are extreme examples, obviously. Um, I think the same principle ought to apply when we're thinking about language, right? Yeah. Where, where you, where you want to say if anything, or here's an, here's another example in, in, in politics, right? If something seems unethical, typically what the law says is if it seems ethical, we want to make sure that that's not happening because the perception of ethical impropriety um, oftentimes is as bad as as doing something unethical. So bo- both of those principles, the, the the appearance of impropriety or the precautionary principle, we can apply to ambiguous racist language and say we should be on guard against those things, even if it's difficult to say 100%, you know, uh, uh, unequivocally, that is a racist thing. I think it's it's better if we're if we're more cautious, particularly about about racist language. Very much my opinion, but that's how I feel. I dig it, brother. I dig it. 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 Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it sucks that we can't have these kind of conversations 
in the times that we need to have them because of, I guess, again, to me, it's, it's a lot of the media technology and the news cycle, the way that it works now, being able to have a thoughtful conversation about this situation doesn't happen on Twitter. Twitter's not set up to have that conversation. And if you actually wanted to, the day after he gets suspended, you know, have a thoughtful conversation on ESPN about this, who the hell is going to watch it? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the issue. This is a topic that needs to have 30 minutes to an hour of attention given to it and have perspective uh, and perspectives that matter. But that kind of event is really hard to make happen. Can I, can I say something that yeah, I'm, I'm stealing, I'm stealing from you now because what okay. you said made me think about this mm-hmm. while I think that I, I, I firmly now in the camp of that language is not okay. And what he said is not okay. Even though I don't think the intent was to be racist that, like I said before, once you start to parse that was someone trying to be racist, that's when it becomes an impossible conversation. So we might as well just say, we never want to have that language. I don't think this, this, this guy dolphin should be suspended for the rest of the year. I don't think he should lose his job over it. I think, like you mentioned, because we have a lack of places where we can have meaningful conversations about why this language can potentially hurt people and it ought to be avoided and talk about the things that you and I are talking about here, that a better solution would be, let's have that dude go have a conversation. I know. Right? Like let's, let's, he's on TV anyways. Whatever. What is the channel that covers the Hawkeyes games? Or was he on the radio? He was on TV. Who's he's on the radio. He's on the radio uh, well, right? fine. Then, then let's have an hour long thing I know. on the radio. Let's get some guests in there. Let's get some experts in there. And me and Sam will come and, and moderate this conversation if you want to. And it can be like, a, you know, a, t- a conversation on race, colon. Yeah, it's really fucking hard to have these conversations. Let's mm-hmm. have these conversations as opposed to being like, well, you messed up. You said something you shouldn't have. So now you, you lose your you lose your job forever. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be so drastic. We can understand things that, that understand that they exist on a continuum and we can respond in kind. The university did a terrible job of handling this too. Still, I mean, that's been a lot of the criticism is not so much even of Dolphin, but how the athletics department of Iowa at Iowa has handled it. They didn't, they didn't give comment on anything. There wasn't a press conference, anything like this. And it's like, this is to go back to what you had just said, right? This is a topic that needs at least at at least that level of conversation or that that statement. There needs to be yeah. some reasoning because, you know, I feel like we're kind of being fucked over a little bit regarding the decision-making process or how that decision-making yeah. process happened. But, um, and, 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 and by the way, we, we have a preview of how this, every time this happens, the same, the same sort of nonsense takes place. The article you sent me about this from, from the Gazette, I assume Iowa newspaper. Yep. Yep. Cedar Rapids Gazette. Yeah. It, it's, it's just quoting a bunch of kids. At least my quick read of this was it's quoting a bunch of kids who were like, this is reverse racism. Why don't we have whiteness classes or whatever? You know, <laughs> wasn't there some of that in the middle of this yeah, thing? Yeah. That yeah. that people are feeling victimized by the response to this. That that's all part and and parcel to the the suspension that this guy got, right? Instead, why don't you say it's not about who's right and who's wrong in this situation. It's about having a meaningful place where we can we can have a dialogue about this and sort of understand everyone's entitled to their opinion but the problem the thing that's not happening is are you put are you are you giving yourself an opportunity to see where other folks are coming from right you have to be able to do both of those things it's if your reaction to this is i'm infuriated one way or another and the other side is totally wrong you're not you're not being fair i'm not saying you're wrong but you're not being fair yeah it's it's this certainly a, a more complex issue than is it racist or is it's not is it not and when we reduce any discussion about race to that, right, we're mm-hmm. missing the complexities of the conversation and opportunities to learn some shit. It's funny. 
because this is happening on both sides of the uh i want to say it's a cultural divide right it's political political cultural divide but everything that you just criticized we could say it's happening on the right and we could say it's happening on the left <laughs> you know it's yeah. like nobody wants to have this conversation there's no there's no um there's no i don't want to say middle ground but there's i'm sure i have friends right. who if they heard me make the argument i don't think this dude was trying to be racist here right and i don't think he should be suspended which i said both of those things yeah right that they'd be like ah you're an idiot yeah for sure and i'm sure there's people on the other side who heard me say uh, you know, this term is loaded historically and it's been used in racist ways a bunch. And they'd be like, ah, you're an idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. <laughs> nope. For sure, man. It's a, something that needs a deeper conversation. Hey, I got so in conclusion, everyone thinks I'm an idiot. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, that's just, it's, it's known, right? That's a universal it, truth. It uh, is known. Was that a game of Thrones Thrones reference or an accident? It uh, is known. I don't know. I've never watched game of Thrones. I've watched like half the first episode three times. I just can't get into it. Somebody You're said that on Twitter crazy. the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah, me too. It was a baseball writer. I can't remember who it was. Hey, shout out to Eno. Sarah, 49 days. Sorry, no, you're good. I should have sent Eno um, sports nerd stickers when I sent him that beer. I wasn't thinking. Well, send him another package. I know. I should. You should have stuck them to each beer. Dude, that would have been awesome. Smart. Uh, okay. I think there's a YouTube video of the lady saying it is known from uh, Game of Thrones on a loop for 10 straight minutes oh my god it is now a loop there's a there's there was a radio lab i need to listen to about loops um it sounded interesting <laughs> all right i gotta go i gotta go yeah i've gotta submit some paperwork for tenure and promotion because i was never told i had to so so I'm gonna go and peas. all right everybody thanks for listening thanks for watching uh hopefully we enlightened you a little bit today Ryan, you have a, have a great whatever time it is there afternoon. We'll do. See you later, buddy.